rejection, you're, it's either going to make you or break you. But um, yeah, my piece of advice for, for dreaming big is no dream is too big. It's just you might need like medium dreams yeah. and that is going to be like your pillar to build. And I think that's just what I've realized with the amount of like failure I've honestly had in my different kind of entrepreneurship journeys is uh, like each failure was kind of a stepping stone that I needed to face to learn how to get to like this next level. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely Podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur after spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown and losing all confidence in myself. I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely podcast. Welcome, Taylor, to the podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here. If you could just give a little intro on who you are and what it is that you do. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Um, I've been following your journey for a while with this podcast. So I'm honored that you had asked me to be a part of it. Um, but I am born and raised in Vancouver, BC. I grew up in a family business. So I think uh, working since I could, before I could even walk, let's say, uh, has really shaped me into kind of the uh, entrepreneurship. I've I've kind of taken that as my focus and my lead for kind of my career. Um, but yeah, so to this day, I run a local charity here in Vancouver. Uh, we provide confidence and mental health classes for young girls, eight to 14. So that is my heart and soul. I love it. It's called the beautiful foundation started off as just like a little dream and slowly has become something that I feel so grateful that every day I get to wake up and it's now part of my life in a bigger way. Um, and then on top of that, I ran out of funding uh, many, many moons ago when before we even got charitable status. And so to get creative and to find ways to yeah, raise money for the charity, I ended up starting a small clothing line. And so that was also supposed to be a very small one-time project, but I guess I have a hard time of letting things go because I'm still doing it now. It's in an interesting transition period, I will say. I think I'm wearing too many hats and burnout is something I, I really struggled with when I was younger. So I'm really trying to work on now. Um, but yeah, the clothing line, it's still going and I, I still love it. I definitely am, am looking for ways to also kind of not necessarily pass off the torch with the line, but um, maybe get better at delegating <laughs> and bringing people on who are experts in the field instead of me trying to, you know, figure things out on the fly. Um but yeah, those are kind of my two babies. Very different worlds. One's fashion, one's charitable, one's youth, one's adults. Um, but at the same time, I think because it's a woman's line, because it gives back to the charity, I do find there are a lot of uh, synergies in my life and in my career. So yeah. And then other than that, I'm 
I'm getting married in less than a month. So that's my personal life event. But all things aside, I, uh, yeah, I love travel. I love, I do love working. Um, I love family time. I love food. It doesn't take much for me to, to be happy. So I love that. Um, and you're also a model. You left out that part as well. <laughs> I never lead with that, but yes, I, uh, yeah, for many years did that full time. And then, um, for the past, since moving back to Vancouver, probably about five, five years ago now. Yeah. I've uh, been able and, and grateful to be able to model locally and, um, yeah, but started off that kind of career in Asia. So lived there for about five years on and off. So it's been a wild journey so far, uh, this life, but here for it excited to see what 2023 brings yes totally you like literally hit the ground running as soon as you could walk I feel like yeah yeah no choice on that either it was like you know we always laugh like was it child labor but my dad's like oh you're family so it doesn't count it's like you know you had to work but I think it it coached us from a young age to appreciate the value of time and and money Mm -hmm. and knowing how much things cost and knowing what hard work kind of feels and looks like, at least in our, you know, our family's perspective. And um, yeah, my parents have, they, they put their heart and soul into their business. And so I've seen what it takes to see something succeed. So, you know, I'm very big on, you know, if you're going to do the entrepreneurship train or or path, you better love it because it's going to be a hard one. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's a huge misconception. It is not what you see on social media. It is not, you know, (laughs) Not at all. No, I'm like, really no, not. I wish people could see like into my daily life and be a fly on the wall because they'd be like, what is she doing? But anyways, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear. So I know beautiful is your like your absolute baby. And I would love to hear what because it is such an important um, foundation, what inspired you to do that work? Like, why is that so important to you? And why specifically that age too? Yeah. So for me, you know, it started when I was quite young. I was in high school still, and I really saw um, just a need for young girls to feel empowered and loved and appreciated. And I think, you know, I I had my own situations that I was going through, you know, in grade eight, grade nine, trying to fit in, you know, different. Um, I was cyberbullied um, when I got my first phone. And so, you know, that was an interesting experience because at the time too, like the the idea of cyberbullying was very new and nothing was really trackable at all. Um, so, you know, that was a whole challenge kind of navigating the, the world of not even social media, because again, that wasn't a thing, but just online and, and dealing with um, bullying in a new form. And then when I hit about grade 10, I would say I had quite a few friends who were suffering with different mental health challenges, whether it be more related to eating disorders or, you know, really high anxiety and stress. And it just didn't make sense that we weren't taught these values in school of like, what is self-love? How do we talk to each other and be open? What is like respect between men and women or whoever you identify as? You know, how do you find respect within yourself and for other people? And it just, yeah, dawned on me one day that, you know, we don't have anything available for for our age in high school, but it starts earlier than that. And it was my one friend who had said to me her eating disorder had kind of started in grade three, which was wild. Yeah. For me to even comprehend. Um, cause in grade three, I felt 
like I was very unaware of my body at the time, probably, at least that I remember I, I, you know, being focused on what I looked like and what I was wearing wasn't maybe a priority. But for her, you know, a comment had been made in class. And she said it stuck with her about her weight. And she could never let it go. And it shaped basically the next 10 years of her life. And so that's kind of where the age inspiration came from of like, why I need to work with younger girls. Because it's true, I think, even now with social media, it's even younger, I would say that that girls are being exposed to these beauty ideals and standards. And um, yeah, it was crushing for me to hear that, you know, at, at nine years old, this, this friend of mine, you know, had been struggling. So that was my inspiration to come uh, at the topic and at kind of the challenge from an earlier age. I also did see that there was more mentorship opportunities for high school kids at the time versus like what's a 10 and a 13 year old going to do in the world of self-love. Uh, there wasn't a whole totally. lot about that. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where it stemmed from. And I, yeah, piloted my first program, uh, grade 12. And again, was supposed to be something like very minimal. And then, uh, I absolutely fell in love with just these girls that I worked with. And it was just wild to also see that, you know, I wasn't, you know, like fully transparent. I had, I had no university degree at the time. I was creating modules that I felt would have benefited me. And yeah. it didn't take rocket science. It was on topics of, yeah, self-love, gratitude, uh, goal and dream setting, things that you, I felt like I talked about at home, but never talked about at school and then realized, well, a lot of girls don't even have that at home. So if it's yeah. not at home and not at school, where is it being discussed? Um, yeah. And to this day, the program has not swayed very far from kind of the true roots of where it started. Um, but I think it's because I saw, oh, the impact of simply talking about gratitude and like appreciating day-to-day -day things that goes a long way or that information might be brand new to a nine-year-old. Um, so my goal is, yeah, to continue to involve really amazing women who can, who can build on the topics. And, you know, we've expanded into the world now of mental wellness. So that's where we are hiring 1000% professionals who, you know, have the experience, um, to work with those different themes, so to say around mental health, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a cool journey so far, but I'm excited. I feel like we're also just at the beginning in a weird way. So I'm excited. Totally. And I love just what you said about how things are getting younger and younger because like 100% the access that young people, not just you girls, young people have to the internet and things they're exposed to and that, mm -hmm. like, it's just crazy. And it's all the time, you know, it's not like there's breaks, like it's, we're inundated all the time. And God, I'm in my thirties and I still get, you know, I'm still affected by this stuff. Like it still yeah. is really hard. Right. Well, and I see, like, I love to, uh, you know, on your page and with your videos, you're so transparent about the hard times, the good times. Also, like, I feel like I've watched a video of you like talking about how you've been affected by like the what I call the comparison theory, which is like the need to constantly be like seeing something online and someone's success. And then you're like comparing your own. Why am I not there yet? You know, why haven't I achieved these goals? And I do that all the time, too. And I really need to catch myself. Um, but I think the value that you bring to your business, especially and like the way you present yourself publicly is so amazing because you're very real. And I wish that was more available for these young girls who are following these different influencers who are interacting on TikTok and only see literally surface level of a highlight reel. Yeah. And yeah, so, you know, I think a goal of mine too is to really 
empower these girls to show up if they choose to and when they choose to on social, do it in a way that's true to you. Totally. And, you know, what's what's I always say, what's the reasoning behind this post? Right. Oh, that's Is it so for good. you? Is it for someone else? Like, let's, you know, and yeah, at that age, they don't really think about those things. So if we can kind of like dial it in earlier and I need to catch myself too, like you said, it, it happens to all of us. So oh, totally. yeah. I just yeah. want to express my gratitude for your page. I think you do such oh, an amazing job. Thank you. That's so kind. Thank you. Yeah. I I mean, for years I tried to do the whole perfection thing, but honestly, it's just not who I am. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, you no, know what I mean? And it's, it's good. Not. It's not who really anybody is. It's like, no one actually has like the perfect life or, you know, no. and, and, perf- and what is perfect too? Totally. Like, I think perfect should include the ups and the downs and, and whatever, yeah, like kind of comes a part of your story. And just um, setting the tone because these expectations are so unrealistic. And I mean, I do think things are shifting with, you know, the rise of TikTok and that where more authentic, raw, unfiltered content is getting so much mm-hmm. um, traction. I love seeing it. Like it's just, it's so refreshing. And it's really interesting how it's changed even my own view on things because I was looking for, I needed a photo of myself for something recently. And I was looking through a folder and I found one that I had obviously just like facetuned the hell out of like years right. ago. Yeah. And it just looked so weird to me now. And it's so interesting because like there was a time where I never would have posted something where I, I mean, I never would have gone online without makeup for one. And mm-hmm. then I would have retouched absolutely anything after yeah. that I could, any app I'd get my hands on. Right. Yeah. And, it's and just having like, that. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. access. Right. But it looked normal at the time. And then it was so funny. So I had to find the like unedited photo Version. that I wanted to use yet to put right. on, but it was just so wild. Like even to me, like my own perception has changed, Absolutely, um, yeah. which I think is really great because again, this is being promoted more like people showing up online, being more real because like we've seen every single version of perfection now. Like I just, I don't need to see it again. I don't need to see another beautiful, like, it's just so boring. There's nothing there. Um, Obviously it's different when you're an adult and you can see these things and and understand the value is way different than when you're, you know, preteen that that's your whole life is just trying to cope with with everything, right? Well, and, and I think too, at that age, your, your bodies are changing and the people around you are changing and it's like this whole world of navigating yeah, something. And it's hard to see like beyond high school too. I will oh say my like, God, you yes. know, when you're in there and that was one thing my mom always did such a good job of doing was this isn't forever because like, I, I loved high school. Don't get me wrong. I could look back and I, I had so much fun. And I, I feel like because I had a role model and a couple, my mom and my dad, a couple of role models at home to really like ingrain in me, like just do you, it allowed me to do that. It, like it, it pushed me to yeah. do that. Like I was a part of different sports teams that I wasn't good at. I was a part of theater. I was like president of student council. That made a lot of sense for them at the time. Uh, and even now I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, that fits the trajectory yeah. <laughs> of like where I went for sure. But, you know, we, we kind of made student council cool. Like, you know, I was able to get a lot of my girlfriends involved and a lot of, you know, the guys that would ne- maybe never have shown up for a themed day at school, like would dress up. And I felt really lucky that I honestly did have such a great enthusiastic high school, but that doesn't go without saying there was so much, I want to say like politics between groups and 
the the gossip and like the cattiness and again like the bullying and the exclusion exclusion was huge and I find that a form of bullying personally I think like when you're intentionally not including and inviting people into a space like that to me is a form of of bullying and purposeful harassment in a way even if nothing Mm -hmm. is said it's not what is said or what's not being included. Um, and so that's, you know, I think in everyone struggles with that in high school, but I was lucky that I had a, a mom there to be like, you're gonna, this isn't the rest of your life. Like, don't worry. Because, you know, she, she was there once too. And she knew that it can kind of seem like it's your whole world because at the time too, where are you meeting new people at like 13, you know, like other than sports, like you're not, you know, going to a restaurant by yourself and meeting people. And, um, and that is one thing actually with beautiful that I really love is often our programs bring girls together who don't know each other. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I think it's really special to talk about things like, yeah, media literacy and mental health and, and body image with people you don't even know, because there is no judgment coming into the space. There's no like, you know, um, well, we hope no bias. Like there's no, there's nothing there to be like, oh, I know this girl and she did this to me. Or I know this girl, I know this story about her. It's like, no, you've actually never met this person. You've never met me as a mentor. And so what a great space to openly have that conversation. And I think that's why I also personally love meeting new people is because it's, it's a chance just to like be yourself all over again and practice that. Um, but at 13, like, where are you having the opportunity? Totally. Well, to and where do you have the opportunity where the tone is set that this is a safe space, yes. a vulnerable place, and that's encouraged? Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely that's very rare. That's very rare. I think it's really amazing that you can get these girls to open up as well, because, I mean, I don't know, when I was that age, I don't know, I would have a hard time doing that. But there, I wasn't in environments like that, right? I wasn't in a space where it and I mean, this was different times, like, mental illness and stuff like that was not talked about. And, um, you know, like things have changed. But but that was not something you would talk about if somebody if you said mentally ill, that meant like, mental hospital, like that's somebody that is they got to be locked away. And they are not fit for society, right? Like just being on top of your own mental health, negative self-talk, stuff like that was not anything like those were not terms that were um, common or that you could hear and then understand that it's okay to talk about. Um, Yeah. So I really commend you for creating a space that these girls can open up and, and share that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I relate to that completely though. I think times have changed and, and in a, in a very good way in that sense. Um, and that's not to say that every family is going to be the same on that. Culturally, there's still, I think, you know, differences. But I do feel blessed that at least in Canada, I feel like we are very open yeah. to the ideas. And there is a lot of resources, you know, like even having like a mental health day through Bell, like that, those type of campaigns are so great because that is like a national reach. Um, but yeah, I, I get told that a lot, even by a lot of the mentors that volunteer with us of like, oh, this would have never been okay to talk about when I was younger at home. Yeah. Um, because it was just, yeah, very much. There was that stigma still, and there is, it still exists, but you know, our goal is to try to remove that and make sure yeah. it's, it's accessible. And I think part of the reason why girls do open up is because, um, again, like you said, we're setting that tone, but mm-hmm. they hear our own stories. 
And obviously we're, we're making it approachable and, and age appropriate of what we're sharing. But a really cool part is like our mentorship component is we have all these amazing women that volunteer with us and they all are there for the same reason. And that's to empower the youth. But the youth don't realize in return, like they're giving us so much back and mm-hmm. so much value by having this space and these discussions. And I think as soon as like a young girl, like hears, oh, I struggle with anxiety or, you know, growing up, I was really bullied. There's this like instant feeling of I'm not alone. Yes. And that is almost the key to what we do. And it's, and it's to make sure girls feel like they're not the only one in the world going through something. This show is sponsored by our very own company, Leah Yard Designs. Leah Yard Designs is a jewelry brand in Vancouver, Canada that specializes in unique, semi-precious pieces. The designs are meant to be mixed and matched to celebrate the wearer. We love fashion juxtapositions, which is why you will usually find me in ripped jeans and a ton of gold jewelry. Our goal is to add glamour to every day. Our most popular design is our Zodiac necklace, which was created to celebrate what makes you uniquely you. 5% of all profits in the jewelry collection are donated to the DEWC, a local charity that helps vulnerable women in Vancouver's downtown east side. You can learn more and shop the full collection at www.leayarddesigns.com. And that could be a great thing too. It could be like, I got straight A's and like, I'm celebrating this. Great. Like who else in the room can relate to that? Or who can you cheer on to strive to maybe reach their goals that are different from yours? But I think the root of like a lot of human connection is the empathy and the ability to not feel alone in this situation. And that is what I'm finding more and more is, is girls do feel that, which is weird because we are in a very big socially connected world. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm finding our youth are feeling more and more alone. And not even youth. I think adults too. I, I think it, yeah, because it's like a, it's so, we're socially connected, but we're also so isolated. Like, and mm-hmm. and what we are putting out there is so curated and is so, you know, like, again, it goes back to that social media part where, you know, what you're seeing, your friends are doing or whatever is just, it's, that's just a snippet. Like, that's just such a snippet. So yeah. even if you look at it and it's like, oh, I can relate to that. You're relating to like such a small fragment unless you actually have a conversation about what that is, what that experience was mm-hmm. like. Um, it's just, yeah, I I don't know. I think having, the more we can talk about it, the more it allows for more conversations to come up and the more it just normalizes things. Because also mm-hmm. I feel like with mental health, it's one of those things where it kind of went from one side to the other. It was like, really weird, really uncomfortable, something you didn't talk about. And then it kind of can go the other way too, where it's like people really identify with it. And this makes me kind of unique and I'm really misunderstood and all that. And that can be dangerous too. I feel like we need to almost, it's like, you have to talk about it enough that it's not a big deal to talk about it, but also in a way of like, it's not a big deal as a whole. Like it doesn't make you wrong and it doesn't make you special it just makes you human like it just makes you you have all the facets of a human and I think the way we talk about it is so important and I think if we can hear from you know young people who are experiencing new emotions new things at you know at the very beginning of what that's like Mm -hmm. um, it just helps us have a better understanding and again just normalizes that it's not something to it's not your identity it's just 
something everybody goes through. Like there is not one person in the world, I don't think, whose brain wasn't sick at one point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and who has struggled with, yeah, different emotions or feelings. Yeah. And and I do, I love that point because I think, and that is the danger of social media and like the, the, these big topics because I also feel, and we get this sometimes too, a young girl will come in and be like, I have anxiety and depression. And we're very quick and cautious because we take everything with, okay, if that's what you're saying, then we're going to assume that that's how you feel. Um, and you know, we have clinical counselors and things on our, and, and people who are in the professional world who we would, uh, seek advice from or seek help from if like these things do come to fruition and we find out this girl is really struggling and mom doesn't know yet, or dad isn't aware, you know, there's steps from a foundation perspective and standpoint that we take, but I'm also very cautious, and we always tell girls this, you can't just throw around those terms either. So because one day before a test, you feel butterflies, you feel really nervous, or you feel so, you do feel stressed because you maybe didn't prepare, or I get stressed even when I do prepare. Um, But then to throw out the term, I, I have anxiety, or I suffer with anxiety, or I suffer with depression, that can easily discredit someone who actually is really in a state of, of challenge right now mentally. And so we always, yeah, make a point in, in saying to the girls, we don't want to throw around those terms yeah. because that's also not fair to someone who might actually need resources in this moment. And you're using it casually. And this person's actually been struggling their whole life. And now maybe they're afraid to say it because they're like, oh, mine is so much worse. Like yeah. she, she only feels it once in a month and I have it every day. And so this has become something new for us too. navigating is the the casual vocabulary around these terms. Um, And that's also hard for a young girl to understand or any child to be like, but that's what it is. That's what I'm feeling. But you know, it's, it's the context, it's the length. And then our job is, is not to be an investigator by any means with the foundation, because we're also not there to be therapists. But when things are said, you know, our job is to know like, how often is this happening? And does anyone else know? And those are two kind of key things that tell us like it's once in a blue moon before a test or before a soccer game, or it is an everyday or every week thing. And it's no one's told we're the first ones to know, and there's no help being provided. And so that's where, you know, navigating these conversations are interesting, but I think it also goes in the same with being adults. I'm very hyper aware now of like the terms that I use because I also have a lot of friends who do suffer with different mental health challenges. And I'm, I'm so aware of my own use of words because I know Mm -hmm. personally, I'm, I'm personally not suffering with those things right now to that extent or to that, um, diagnosis. And so I think that awareness piece is so big and, um, and it's hard. We live in a world where I feel like you have to be aware of everything you say right I know, now. I so know. it is this like huge balance of navigating. And I think just being, be kind and, and also apologize with att- intention. That's mm-hmm. one thing too. I really like prioritize is like, if I mess up or I have a hiccup somewhere, like take a step back, acknowledge that that was like, Oh, I'm sorry if I missaid that, or, um, that came out incorrectly. Um, yeah. You know, stating that also goes a long way for that person who might have like otherwise felt really hurt. Totally, totally. So, yeah, I relate to that a lot. It is it's so hard to know what what to say, what not to say, and then, um, yeah, I think it just 
a lot of it comes down to the intention. If your intention is to be malicious, then obviously it doesn't really matter what you say, it's bad. Yeah. But if your intention is, you know, to be supportive and you just use the wrong term, um, that's just a learning thing. Like we're all learning. I mean, stuff is changing so quickly. There's things that I said in high school that, oh my God, I'm so glad social media wasn't a thing. Then. Yeah. <laughs> you're like backtrack, backtrack. Oh God, yeah. I would be canceled. Like, you know, it's just, but is what you said at the time. And, and I've learned now that's not okay. And you, you know, you, you are very embarrassed when you look back, but yeah, you just, the intention is, is always good. Um, is there, I don't know if you could think of this off of the top of your head, but just thinking about these girls, is there one sort of particular time you can remember where you saw kind of like a transformation in one of these kids? Like, or I'm sure you see it all the time, but is there one where you saw somebody like really overcome something or come under their shell or? Oh, I mean, yeah, the cool thing is I actually see this quite a bit yeah, or I, figured I, see, you or I hear yeah. about it, which is also just as rewarding in a way as well. Like we get um, parents are so great with like testimonies or sending us emails, you know, okay. showing how their daughters telling us how their daughter has kind of changed or or grown some confidence um, through the programs. But I would say and I know she'll be okay with me saying this, but because she also is now an advocate for, for beautiful, but we actually had a young girl that I taught. Um, oh gosh, like this was definitely pre COVID. So maybe 2018, she came to like our first big conference inspired by her. I think it was our first one we did in Vancouver. She came to that. And then we had her attend uh, a six week program that I got to teach and I worked with her. And then she also attended this other workshop we did in the summer. So that's also a great piece is a lot of, um, of our participants enroll multiple times for different things Oh, amazing! is great. So it's not just, we see them for the program and then we never see them again. And this young gal was, was one of those examples of, I saw her multiple times. I got to be her mentor for, for some of the programming. Um, but she started off as being someone who was very reserved, really doubted. I felt like her her voice in a room mattered, um, you know, came with a friend to the first program. And so like, wasn't okay kind of being by herself, honestly, didn't say a whole lot for the first three weeks. Like it, it was really, she was one of the ones that I felt, oh, this is going to be a, a good opportunity for me to really just try to connect with her on like such a human level, because I could tell that, yeah, she was, you know, holding a lot in and, um, we have this heart to heart week, we call it in week five. And it literally is like, we wear PJs, we sit in a circle on the ground, we eat chocolate and popcorn. And it's like the sleepover without sleeping over. And it's a way for us just to kind of vocalize the good and the bad, like what we're going through, what's been on our minds, what are we struggling with? What's something that's maybe happened years ago that still you do struggle with? Um, and it was a very emotional class. There was a lot talked about around grief and like mm -hmm. losing people and how that sticks. It doesn't just go away. And and I relate to that. I, I've lost a lot of close people in my life. And I think, um, yeah, that, that space that, that was created in that one session was quite, it was sad, but it was also so beautiful because we all were connecting and it wasn't all sad things either. There was great things that you were talking about, but that was the first class where I really saw her like fully break down. And, you know, she cried, but she also fully opened up. And I felt like this barrier had been dropped that she was maybe like really resisting for, for years. And then to see her at multiple events after that and like 
come into her shell and like see her dancing at workshops or like before I don't think she I think she had told me she had like never danced really in her life or she like always was so scared to dance because people were looking at her and yeah just to watch her progression and now as of last year she's officially come back because she's old enough as like a mini soul sister on our mentorship team oh my god that's amazing yeah and that was like getting her email of like I think I'm too young but is there any way I can apply to help and do and, and give back the way you gave to me it was like I don't have shit I like I bawled I was like this yeah. is um Oh, I could only have ever imagined that that would be a dream for me. Like in, in 10 years, you know, when I started this 10 years ago, like to have girls that also ages me so much, (laughs) but to have girls that like are now like, oh, I'm 17, 18. And now I can volunteer. It's like, oh my gosh, what a testimony to of the impact. And like, you remember me, like I taught you when you were eight and now you're 18 and you know, you want to give back. And for this other young gal, she's not even of age yet, technically in our and our standards to become a mentor, but we've made exceptions for girls who now are like, yeah, but I've done your programs. I've done all your workshops. I I know exactly what you teach. I know how to teach it and they're eager and they want to learn. And so our next phase actually as an organization is to create, um, like leadership programs for mentors like to become mentors. Oh, I so love like, that. yeah, capturing, and it won't be available like necessarily to anyone between 15 to 18 I think to begin with at least we're going to be like if you've come if you've graduated from our programs and now there's like this middle phase this is where we'd love for you to go if you're interested in volunteering with us um because yeah after this young gal approached us we now have three others that are on our team that have like done the full circle um so just really really rewarding um and I I'm just so proud of her like I look at her and I'm like you are not the, you're the same girl. You're just, you're, you just have come out now of like your shell yeah. and you're willing to, to show up as you are. And I think that's like my goal for anyone is yeah, come as you are and the world will love you. Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh, I got chills when you told me that. I love that. Yeah. Um, What are, I'd love to know, like, what are your big goals for the foundation? If you can share. Oh, I feel like I want to ask you, okay, I'm going to answer, but I want to ask you the same about your business because I have so many, I'm so intrigued with like where you're going with yours too. So I'll go, I'll answer, but I'm going to throw it back. Okay. Um, so my dream for honestly, since I started it is to do these big conferences. So we do inspired by her. Uh, we've done it in Vancouver now three times and we just launched it um coming out of the pandemic well kind of out of the pandemic not fully but last year in Toronto when things like kind of just started reopening in the spring we did um the conference there as well so my goal would be to take that conference nationally that's yeah that's been my goal actually like probably since I started the organization I love programs I love workshops I don't want that to go away either But I feel like I have such an amazing team now running the programs that the idea of like this moving conference is more, um, it's possible because I feel like I'm being pulled less down in certain directions. So Toronto was the test for us to be like, okay, can we take what we've built and move it to a different city? Totally could. And it was such a, such a great success in our eyes. Um, So I think, yeah, my goal would be like adding a new city on every year if possible still continuing the ones that we've done 
so this year we we are doing uh, we just did Vancouver and we're going to do Toronto in May but um potentially looking at adding in another province to hit but also baby steps I think it it's one of those things where at least for charity funding is always the hardest thing um because you can't just like create a business model that then like you have profit coming in. Um, It has to be like very strategic and intentional for it to be um, legal with the CRA. So I think my, my goal is, would be to to have that as a possibility. I also then know my goal would be to find some type of funder who has the capability to take us like that far. Yeah. Right now we have like different um, corporations or grants allowing us to exist in each city. But, you know, a national sponsor, a national donor would just be like the dream for me. But I also know we're very like young. We've only been a charity for th- just about three years. So um, in the grand scheme of things, we've got a lot of work to do. And we also like have a lot of years to put in till I think we'll be there. But yeah, the, the Inspired by Her conference is my favorite day of the year. So it's kind of a no brainer if it could be every month that we were doing yes. this like amazing day for youth and like. Yeah, just, just changing some lives, hopefully. Well, and just, yeah, the impact you would have if you were doing that, right? Like, would just be so big, so yeah. big. And we have online programming now, which is really cool. So I think the opportunity to hit cities where we're not even having in-person programs to be like, but you can still participate digitally. And that is actually like a great thing that came out of COVID for us. I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, we transitioned um, online for like a solid year and a half. So what's come out of that now is like we are national just in like a digital format but if we could do you know this massive conference in Halifax and then be like okay every girl who who is here if you want more and you want to participate you can so online um and that's kind of how I see these chapters starting a little bit um that's how we've like now launched Toronto we had like online programs and then we moved to in-person and then after doing inspired by her it was like we had this huge influx of registration and and girls wanting to be a part of it. So yeah, sorry, that was a very long answer. No, I love that. I, you were <laughs> but, so good at having like a big goal, a big dream, but then being able to break it down so you can take action. And I think that's a skill. I don't know if you've always had that skill, but that is such a hard, mm-hmm. yeah, it is such a hard thing to do because I can dream big, but mm-hmm. I sometimes, and I don't like to say this, but sometimes I do dream too big in the sense that there's no way that's going to happen in the time frame I'm hoping it to, right right so you kind of set yourself up for failure but you're so good at being like the visionary but then actually being able to walk it back and make it actionable so um yeah I really commend you for that because that is such oh, a skill thanks. I don't know that's maybe from your um high school training and in- yeah I don't know <laughs> I'm like I, I think you know oh, that's interesting I've actually never been told that so thank you oh you're welcome um, yeah no, I, you're really good at that Yeah. And you know what? I think uh, the cool thing that I've realized is dreams do come true. So cheesy. I love (laughs) it. But it's so true. Uh, Just like, for example, I was told my whole life I was way too short to model. Way too short. Was never going to make it. Could never have a career out of it. Like, it's so weird now to be in like my late 20s and like still booking jobs almost, you know, um, like, very consistently. And if I, and if anything, I'm busier than I've ever have been, which is so weird. But I think because I was able to like go to Asia and like, I was tall there, so it didn't matter. And then come back and like had built my book up and like, now I'm able to, to continue, you know, doing it part-time while I'm living in Vancouver. It's like, okay, so 
it happened. It took a weird, great roundabout way, but it happened. And I think that's what I've realized. Like rejection, you're, it's either going to make you or break you. But um, yeah, my piece of advice for for dreaming big is no dream is too big. It's just you might need like medium dreams yeah. and that is going to be like your pillar to build. And I think that's just what I've realized with the amount of like failure I've honestly had in my different kind of entrepreneurship journeys is uh, like each failure was kind of a stepping stone that I needed to face to learn how to get to like this next level. Um, and hopefully I get there, but I think there's also like, don't hold yourself to it because maybe like your dream also changes five years from now. And, and that's okay too. I think it's, it's okay to also recognize that it's no longer what you want or because of an experience you've shifted now to what you want. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing a a great quote. I think it was Gabby Bernstein or something. She said, like, when you dream for something, you want something, you say this or something better Mm. so that, so that you're not like tied to that specific thing because we can get so bogged down with like, it has to be by this date at this, Mm -hmm. you know, this exact thing and all these things have to line up. And then when we don't see those specifics come true, it's like, well, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I think that's where I tend to get hung up is I need to have like a general, this is what I would like to happen, but there's a little wiggle wiggle room there. Yeah. And also like, I mean, as much as we'd like to be in control of our lives, honestly, so mm. much of it, we are not. And I think that also helps when you have like this daily gratitude that you simply woke up today and yeah, we're here and, you know, we're feeling good. I think uh, that is like a friendly reminder that like we're, you're moving at a good pace if, if you're just in a state of like yes. being happy and healthy right now. Cause that's a privilege too. Um, yeah. So I think, but I, but I, yeah, I, I still relate to you, the, the timeline thing. And I think too, as women in so many ways, there's so many clocks on us of oh like, gosh, you should yeah. by this age be married and have babies and da, da, da. And what I love is like, that's just not the reality anymore. Yeah. Like women are, are just totally dominating in the sense of, you know, we're becoming CEOs and owners and yep. I have the authority to say I don't want kids or I want kids when I'm 40 and that's great and I yep. think um empowering women to continue to have their own say and their own yeah carving their own path is so important yeah but yeah okay what's yours tell me um what was the question again <laughs> oh what's your what's your like big oh I think yours for you is like what's the big goal or the big, big dream for, for your business yeah that's really hard because I feel like last year I would have had a great answer for okay. you okay and this year I've really changed I think like last year was literally the hardest year it was definitely the hardest year for my business ever and I would say it was one of the hardest years personally for me it just was it was just a doozy it was just so rough And I think I had set my sights really high and kind of didn't get anywhere close, didn't even scratch the surface on where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And again, having those big goals, that's great. But I think I didn't kind of build a a path. I'm a very all or nothing person. So when I dream, I dream big and it's like gigantic. Yeah. Which is very inspiring and very great. And, um, but I but don't also hard to digest when it, totally don't and like go that way exactly and 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 then pivoting and how do you you know that kind of thing so this year I just kind of taken a step back with everything still going as it is I'm working really hard still have goals in that but it was kind of when I did the um 
word of the year thing, which I'd never done before. And the word that came to mind was relief. Mm. And then I felt like really bad about that. Cause I thought, does that mean like quitting? Does that mean like, that's what it sounded like to me. And then when I kind of planned out the year and that it was like, oh no, it, it means more like relief that I kept going, like relief that it's still, it, it's all worked out and it's fine. So yes, I still have big goals. You know, I, I'm expanding into wholesale. There's like big stores I want to be in, all of that for the jewelry, the podcast I want to keep growing. I really want to have impact and make people feel less alone on their entrepreneurial journey, all of that. But I'm not, I'm, it's like I'm working just as hard, but I'm not pushing as hard. I'm just doing what I can and trying to really celebrate all the little things and focus more on all those little like but you said like baby steps like really focus on that more because I think sometimes I tend to just disregard that like you get a little win or something it's like no it's not good enough or it's not what it was yeah you don't like allow yourself to celebrate it totally Mm -hmm. so this year it's like I feel like last year would have had like a fantastic answer for that specific question and this year it's like yeah still got plans still really and like aggressively want to go after stuff but it's more I need to take care of myself better this year and just yeah it was when I heard in my head that word of like relief it was like yeah I just want to feel like comfortable for a second Mm -hmm. you know the last few years have just been so intense such a pressure cooker and I just need to feel like not that (laughs) For, for a you second. know what you know what I love and actually like no and I I love that you're so transparent about that also I will say it was probably the hardest year for every business in 2022 well not it every was, business but it like was just it was majority just, retail it was especially yeah whether retail, you're wholesale like I I totally uh I think this actually year will be my tough year too for for like the wholesale perspective for my yeah. brand maybe not but we're also kind of transitioning but for you what I'm hearing like so you say relief when now that I hear that your your spiel of like where that came from, I actually feel like your words release. Okay. I went through that too. And I thought that because that's what I thought as well after. And then it was like, it's kind of a combo, but there is something about like, well, I like think like the you're, sigh you're feeling relief yeah. in the act of releasing if that makes sense and I all and and I think both are are honestly great words and I think both honestly are kind of like taking you to your a cool life goal like not related to entrepreneurship specifically but a personal goal of like because that that was me last year was letting go so my my it wasn't a word but my my your intention was yeah like release and let go and basically that just meant I was taking it as it came not overstressing really too much about anything. And honestly, it, I, I totally feel like I stay true to it, which is not something I do often with things like that. Um, but in the act of release and like letting things happen as they were going to, I had so many unique opportunities present themselves that it was like, oh, like it, like now going to 2023, I'm like, Okay, cool. Like I get it. It's it's almost just just show up and be you and put in the time, put in the work. But of like course. you said, you're not pushing on every wall because that's also so exhausting. Yeah. Um, it's it's pushing on walls and also like not being disappointed if if they don't open and and being really excited if they do. And then also knowing that there's three doors 
in the shadows you don't even see that are like waiting for you to uncover. Um, but I, I get the relief part too, because it's almost like letting yourself sigh it out and be yes. like, I made it. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> totally. But I think like moving forward, it is, it's continuing to have that like release of expect, not expectation, I guess, but, um, just the, it doesn't serve you. Yeah. That stress doesn't serve you. Yeah. And so you don't need it. And I think, um, even people, people were a big, was a big one for me last year where I, it was hard. That that was one of the hardest, I think, things for me and my partner. And I talked about that actually at the beginning of this year, like what's something that was really difficult last year that we learned. And for me, it was like the letting go of people who just either chose to not be in my life or I or did not serve me anymore or, yeah. or felt more, um, made me feel less than, than more. And like, you know, in that, those aren't people you really want to be surrounded by. And I think, um, and that was difficult though, because some of them are friendships yeah. I've had for years and years and years. And I've put in so much time and effort and I love them. But yeah. I think at a certain point, like work and like life, you just learn that some stuff you just have to let go. And if it comes back, amazing. Um, and if it doesn't, then it, then that was yeah, just a season okay. in yeah. passing. Right. Yeah. So I think, um, it sounds like to me, you're working on like a big personal goal, yeah, which I, I love. Yeah. It's, it's been like a big, I feel like last year was so hard, but it was also like a big internal shift and mm-hmm. it was kind of, and it was really weird because you know what it's like when you own a business, it feels like your baby, like you're so in it. But yeah. I felt like there was a shift last year where I'm, I'm feel very separate from it now. Like it doesn't mean I don't care about it. I still, it's absolutely like I'm aggressively into this, yes. but it is, I feel like there's, I can look at it separately, which is really different and mm-hmm. very important because you can't, you know, we live and breathe it, but it can't be who you are. My business is not who I am. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, and that's where it that, gets confusing yes. with like the identity of I am my business and my business is me, but like, and when it fails or if something happens, does that, is that a reflection of me? And if you're like a personal brand or your name's on it, it you can feel like that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is, but it, it isn't, it's, it's a, it's a facet of my life and it's, um, it takes all of my time, <laughs> but it is but like you a love child. It. Yeah, I know it, it is right? like a baby. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no. but that boundary setting that I think that's really interesting and, um, something I did last year that this was new for me. So, and it's very controversial. Not everybody's going to agree with this, but I, there's, when there's something celebratory, like a birthday or Christmas or that kind of thing, there's certain people that I get phone calls from. I'm very lucky to get phone calls on my birthday and that that's wonderful. But there are certain calls now that I don't pick up on that day. And Mm -hmm. I just set that boundary because too many of those celebratory days have been ruined by people calling and Again, I know how lucky I am to have those phone calls and people calling to wish me well and and that, but often that's not the intention. That's sort of just the excuse to make the call. So I don't pick up those phone calls on that day. I'll call them back the next day or let them leave a message or whatever. Um, But it was like that one single thing that I implemented that at the end of last year. And it was just a game changer because I think you feel like people in your life that you feel you have to give to, but are not, but they're takers or they have, they don't have the right intention for you. Like 
you have enough of those relationships and you don't realize how taxing it is. And mm-hmm. um, setting those boundaries is so hard. And that's just a simple thing that doesn't work for everybody, but that's working for me. And it doesn't change anything. I still call them back. I still, whatever. I just, I get that little boundary around that day. That's important to me to celebrate with my partner or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I find that like, how do you handle boundaries? How do you set them? Is that something you've always been good at? Or is that new for you? Mm. It's very new for me. And I find it very hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it is hard. And I think, I think like what happened last year with a couple of relationships, it was, it was difficult. I think the, the big thing for me is um, I don't like, like, I don't hold grudges. I think people come at, like seasons change. They also maybe are going through something one season that I'm not serving them how I need to, or, or they need to take a step back and work on something and then re-enter when they feel ready. So I feel like my, my boundaries, I've always struggled with saying uh, no. So that is where, and like, I think it's a bit different in terms of um, like the, because boundaries can be kind of applied to anything, but my, my struggle was I was, a, I was a yes person. I feel like I still am, but I'm like working on that too. But, uh, you know, when I was younger, like had to say yes to everything, had to say yes to all business things, the social things. As I've gotten older, I've like slowly started to love just me time and like, you know, being at home. Yeah. With my partner and, and having that, uh, break emotionally, mentally, physically. But I think boundaries with people, it's tricky because I'm also like very, um, so like I have so much like empathy and emotion and I'm very sensitive. So that's where I really struggle is sometimes those things like really hang over me. Um, yeah. like last year when those relationships were kind of, I felt breaking apart. I, I think for me, it was like, I, I put in as much as I felt like I could and I should. And if it wasn't going to be returned or I wasn't feeling about val- feeling valued in return, then that was enough for me to be like, okay, again, just let it be. Yeah. And so, and, it, and that's, that's difficult, but I think the beauty of it is eventually like you begin to realize how that's actually going to benefit you in the long run. And so same for you. I think it's so great that you've realized, I'm going to say like the triggers that, yeah. that are, totally. are not serving you in that day or in that moment. And sometimes it's hard to see those triggers when they're, when they're masked by people we love or people mm-hmm. that have been a part of our life for so long. I think that's kind of the most difficult thing to see through. But when you do, you then get to have a birthday that you totally feel special and enjoyed and it's peaceful. Exactly. Um, you have those moments for you. And so I I think that's so great that you're, you were able to do that last year and like find a lot of peace with that choice as well. Yeah. There's that relief part again too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. so yeah, maybe that is definitely your word, relief. And I'm like the release. Well, we'll we'll merge them together into yeah. one. But I think like one's a almost one to me. You're right, is like an action, and then one's the feeling of yes, that. And so totally, I I think that's um something that yeah we all should just continue to practice daily. Yeah, hard, but it's very hard. It. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, Taylor, thank you so much for being on the show for sharing all of your wisdom wisdom also thank you for everything you're doing for the next generation like you're really making impact thank and you. i'm very i wish i had known you when i when i was I little well you likewise know? i feel like we would have gotten along back then too like yes. we do now but where no, and can, I, I love it thank you so much for having me yeah where can everybody find more about you and support your mission and cause 
Yes. So um, thebeautifulfoundation.com, it is spelt a little bit different. So it's the, and then B-E-A-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L foundation.com. Yeah. My name's Taylor and all of our our contact info and everything is up on on the site. Um, And there's a link to the Roster Clothing Co. as well, which is um, my brand that if anyone's interested in, yeah, if you want to support in a different way and like wear some empowering clothing or come mentor and volunteer. I feel like there's never a shortage of different opportunities to get involved, but thanks for your time. And I'm just, I'm so happy. Our paths have crossed me too. Many. What was that last year? No, that was, um, I think two years ago. I mean, since the pandemic, my sense of time is so skewed, but I think it was two, two years. Okay. I think, yeah, it's been a while. It really does. It really does. But I'm proud of you and I'm excited to see the big, the little, the medium, all the goals that you you Thank conquer. You. So Thank keep going. You. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can. Judge less, less often, and never, ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.